Please be seated. In 1991, in the Atlantic Ocean off the eastern coast of the United States, a fishing boat was caught in a freak collision of three storms. One of the three storms was Hurricane Grace. This true story is chronicled in a book and made into the movie that you saw a clip of called The Perfect Storm. If you were one of the crew on that boat, one can only imagine the thoughts that went through their heads at that point in time. The feelings of helplessness, the wind and the waves totally out of their control. The boat out of control, the sense of desperation, fear and despair. I can imagine they had thoughts going through their mind, thoughts of family, of, of wives and children back home, wondering, am I ever going to see my family again? Are we going to die, are we going to survive? Maybe the storm will blow over. Maybe thoughts of regret haunted them, the, the if-onlys or what-ifs. Those thoughts and feelings the men might have had on that fateful voyage in the perfect storm, we don't know. We can only suppose, since they never did, return. Well, there's another group of men whose lives were in similar danger, in a perfect storm as well. Wind and waves, their boat being swamped, they were terrified that they were going to die. This was not in 1991, but in AD 31. It was not in the Atlantic Ocean, but in Palestine on the Sea of Galilee. Today, we're going to look at the perfect storm, and I want us to join the followers of Jesus in Luke 8, it's on page 840 in the Bible in front of you, Luke 8, 22 through 25, as we look at Luke, the eighth chapter, 22 through 25. One, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. In 2008, Judy and I had a chance to travel to Palestine to see the Sea of Galilee. There are a couple of pictures of the Sea of Galilee that we have right here. 
This is, you can see the calm nature. It's, it's not really a sea, it's a huge lake. There's a little tiny boat in there, and there's another one. You can see what it's like when it's calm. Nice, calm lake. So what? A storm happened back then. What does it mean today? What relevance does it have? Well, as we've discovered, all the accounts that Luke includes in his first-hand account in the book of Luke have a purpose and a reason for being. The question is, why this story? Now, most of us are not fishermen, at least professional fishermen. We pastored a church, Judy and I pastored a church in an area of Seattle called Ballard. And Ballard was, had a heritage of fishermen and, and fishermen that went back at least 100 years. And they could identify with a story like this because they had, over the last 100 years, lost sons, they had lost fathers, and they had lost husbands to the sea. They understood. But to us today, how is this relevant in, in Wisconsin for those of us who fish for sport or or ice fish for a hobby, or some whose only real scare is a squall or two while on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Well, all of us experience storms. Now, perhaps they're not physical storms like this kind of a storm that we've just seen. Perhaps a different kind of a storm. Personal storms in which we are blown around by forces out of our control, beaten by waves of circumstances that toss us up and down. Our boat or whatever we ride in that provides our security somehow shrinks and becomes very, very small. Our circumstances out of control. We have feelings of helplessness, fear, despair, desperation. We wonder if we're going to be able to survive this particular storm. And we ask the question, where is God? Does he know? Does he care? And if he does care, can he even do anything? Or is he asleep? Maybe your storm has to do with relationships, Maybe it's in family or a marriage or job relationship. Maybe it's employment. Maybe it's health. It has to do with finances, cars breaking down, sick kids, elderly parents that need care or attention. Our storms come in many, many different forms. What storm are you in today? We're going to look at five perfect storm principles. In the final analysis, we will ask with the disciples, not why, but who? Who? Who is this? We're going to talk about God today as the Godhead, Father, Son, Spirit, inseparable by Jesus, and and I'm going to use God and Jesus interchangeably, speaking of God in the same ways, interchangeably today. Five perfect storm principles. Principle number one, God knows. God knows. Jesus allows us to enter storms. God knows. Do you think that Jesus didn't know the weather forecast? He said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Do you think, you know, I've always thought it would, if I had it to do all over again, I'd, I'd be a weatherman or a meteorologist because there's no other profession in which you can be wrong 50% of the time and still be admired and respected and earn a good living. Now, if you're a weatherman, I don't mean to cut you down today, but Weather's unpredictable. But you don't think Jesus knew that there was a storm coming in. Did he not know the forecast? He knew that this storm was coming in, yet he sent those guys out onto the lake, this big lake, in a small boat, knowing this was going to happen. Jesus initiated it. He said, hey, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, why did Jesus do that? Was he he showing off? Was he going to say, I want them to see what I can do? No. 
The only way he could teach his followers who he was was to enter an impossible situation, enter into something they could not handle on their own so that he could demonstrate who he was. And God allows us, even leads us, into storms or impossible situations beyond our control to show us who he is. Have you ever been sent into a storm? Maybe you're in one now. Not a literal storm, but a storm of circumstances, a storm of situations. Winds that produce waves and produce obstacles. What winds are you facing, headwinds that you're facing today that produce those obstacles and waves today? You may be feeling like the followers of Jesus with fear, desperation, and helplessness. We get in those situations and we say, I'm about to die. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. God knows. God knows. The starting point is God knows. This storm is not to show what God could do. He can do anything. The storm was to show who God is. God knows. Second, God goes. God goes. Jesus goes with us into our storms. God knows demonstrates Jesus' deity. God goes demonstrates Jesus' humanity. God goes where people are, and Jesus went with them right into the middle of that storm. In the ultimate sense, Jesus became one of us so that he could go where we go. He could experience what we experience. Is there anybody here that, that um, had an ant farm when you were a little kid? Anybody here had an you know what an ant farm is? You guys don't know what an ant farm is? Okay, you probably saw some, somebody else may have had one of those. Um, the ant farm was kind of like an aquarium. It was kind of like a fish tank with no fish. It was skinny and had sand instead of water. Instead of fish, you had ants. Other than that, it was just like a fish tank. Okay. <laughs> an ant farm was, was a narrow container, probably about so wide, two, two inches, three inches wide, and it had glass on two sides and kind of plastic on the other ones. And, and it was filled with sand. And then you'd put ants in it. And the, and the ants would dig tunnels and make rooms, carry food. They'd do all this incredible stuff right in front of you. You could watch what ants do. And I always thought it would be awesome if I could be an ant and crawl around and through all those tunnels and be part of that process. Well, in the same way, God looked down on us in our ant farm and he decided to do that, to become one of us. And he shuffled around in our dirt for about 33 years or so. See, God goes. God became one of us. He came to be with us. And it's a great picture in the story of, of Jesus' human side. Jesus was God. Jesus was human. And he was tired from teaching all day, praying all night, and healing sick people. He was tired, and he went to the back of the boat to take a nap. A picture of God sleeping. Isn't that amazing? Here's God sleeping. God goes. It's important to me to have a God who understands what it's like to be tired. A God who understands what it's like to be in a storm. Whether it's my storms, my temptations, my emotional distress, my fears, physical tiredness, fatigue, burnout. In Hebrews it says, he was tempted in all things just as we were, yet without sin. Because God goes and Jesus goes, because he could enter the storm with his followers, he could feel the wind, he could feel the waves, he could learn their fear. Because he was human, he can feel what we feel. Max, Max Lucado tells a story in his book, Eye of the Storm. It goes like this. He said, a boy went into a pet shop looking for a puppy. 
The store owner showed him a, a litter in a box, and the boy looked at the puppies. He picked up each one, examined it, and put it back in the box. After several minutes, he walked back to the owner and said, I picked one out. How much will it cost? The man gave him the price, and the boy promised to be back in a few days with the money. Don't take too long, the owner said. Puppies like these sell quickly. The boy turned and smiled knowingly. He said, I'm not worried. Mine will still be here. The boy went to work weeding and washing windows and cleaning yards. He worked hard and saved his money. And when he had enough for the puppy, he returned to the store. He walked up to the counter and laid down a pocket full of wadded bills. The store owner sorted and counted the cash. After verifying the amount, he smiled at the boy and said, All right, son, you can go get your puppy. The boy reached into the back of the box and pulled out a skinny dog with a limp leg and started to leave. The owner stopped him. Don't take that puppy, he objected. He's crippled. He can't play. He'll never run with you. He can't fetch. Get one of the healthy pups. No, thank you, sir, the boy replied. This is the, exactly the kind of dog I've been looking for. As the boy turned to leave, the store owner started to speak, but remained silent. Suddenly, he understood, for extending from the bottom of the boy's trousers was a brace for his crippled leg. Why did the boy want the dog? Because he knew how it felt. And he knew it was very special. What did Jesus know that enabled him to do what he did? He knew how people felt. And he knew they were special. Jesus is able to do what he does because he knows how we feel. He became one of us. Now people say, yeah, but he was sleeping. Now, I don't know if you ever feel like Jesus is asleep. Jesus was asleep in the low bench in the stern of the ship where the steermen sometimes took a nap. And Jesus, this is illustrative, Jesus rested in peace and slept in the middle of the perfect storm, not because he knew what he was going to do, but because he knew who he was. He was sovereign king. He was lord over nature. What did he have to fear? He was boss. In our storms, in our impossible circumstances, we tend to think about what God is going to do to deliver us from that. We figure out the solution and wait for God to perform it, trusting in what God is going to do when we should be trusting simply in who he is. Rest in the fact of who Jesus is. We want Jesus to do, he just is. Rest in the fact that he's present always in the middle of the storm. A song that says sometimes Jesus calms the storm, sometimes he calms his child. Saying, God, I want to be with you, storm or no storm. Call me in the middle of my storm simply because you are here. God, I just want to be with you. Typically, we're much more aware of God's presence with us when we're in a storm than when we're sailing on calm blue skies, calm waters and blue skies. God's presence is far more real in storms. In the calm, we forget he's in the boat because we don't need him or we don't think we need him. So God knows, God goes. Number three, God hears, God hears. Jesus hears our cries for help. 
We have a God, we have a God who hears our prayers. Did you know that our religion is the only belief system in the world that believes in a loving, benevolent God who hears us when we pray? We don't have to work it, we don't have to convince, we don't have to shout, we don't have to connive, we don't have to manipulate or bribe, we don't have to buy our God off somehow. We pray, he hears, he answers. In this boat, I mean this story, the boat was being swamped, meaning filled with water. Now they're, they're in a pretty precarious position. How many of you here have ever been in a swamped boat? Swamped the boat, been in a swamp boat. Nothing to be ashamed of, okay, You're, you survived, obviously. Swamp boat. Um, when I taught water safety, I would make my students fill a rowboat or the canoe with water to swamp it on purpose to show that they could still paddle it, they could still move forward and stay afloat, even in a swamp boat. But we did that exercise, of course, in calm water. This was not calm water. In a storm, if a boat gets swamped, it's going to sink. These men were in very real danger. They were experienced fishermen and they were terrified. They said, we are going to drown. And Jesus hears. He doesn't minimize the seriousness of the storm. He doesn't minimize the danger they're in, but he just does something else. He questions their faith. They say, master, we're about to drown. Or in the Mark 4, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? I don't know if you've ever said that to God. Don't you care? Don't you care that I'm going bankrupt? Don't you care that my marriage is almost over? Don't you care that I'm sick, maybe dying? Don't you care about my depression? Don't you care that I'm an abusive boss? Don't you care? You fill in the blank. They cried to Jesus, don't you care? And he answers, where's your faith? What's that got to do with anything? You know, you can imagine what's going through their minds. Faith is looking at God, looking at Jesus, seeing that Jesus has the solution is the solution. Unfaith is looking at the storm, and they can't see Jesus for the storm. Faith is looking at Jesus. God hears, and number four, God cares. God cares. How do I know? Because Jesus calms our storms. What did the disciples expect Jesus to do? Certainly not what he did. He got up and rebuked the wind and raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm. How did Jesus do that? Because of who he was, he spoke. He spoke. God's word. That was God's word. How did the universe, the world, the planets, the stars and constellations, galaxies all begin? God spoke. God spoke. Jesus was and is God. God spoke. What do we have in front of us? God's word, God's word, God speaks, God speaks. I encourage everybody, whether you bring an electronic copy or any kind of copy, to bring a Bible with you every Sunday and read it. Read it, highlight it, make notes in it, mark it up, it's God's word, use it. If we allow God, he will speak to us every single day in his word every single day. We have no clue what it was like before the word of God. They only heard through the prophets. They, people only heard in the Old Testament through specific people at specific times. They, had, they, they celebrated, they heard from God. 
You know what? We can hear from God anytime we want to by just opening this book and say, God, speak to me. This is your living word. That's why it is so important that we have daily time. Daily time, every day. Five minutes, half an hour, whatever, just any amount of time to let God speak to us. Never missing a day. That's also a reason we should never miss a Sunday. And since you're all here today, that's okay. Those that are not here ought to hear this. But missing a Sunday, why? Because God has something to say to us every single Sunday. Something every, every Sunday. Some people say, well, I'll, I'll read the word just sporadically. I'll go to church every so often. We are coming together to meet with the living God, to praise him, the real person of God here in this place. Something that happens when we worship and open ourselves up to the living word of God, saying, God, speak to me today. When I pray, inform our minds, but transform our hearts, I mean that. I can't do that. God, the Holy Spirit, does that through his word. Now, when Jesus spoke, there was an instant calm. This was not an ordinary passing of a storm. This was a miracle. It was instant calm. Anything slower would not have impressed these fishermen. The reaction of the disciples demonstrates the dramatic nature of this happening. In fear and amazement, they asked another, who is this? They were terror-stricken. They were almost more frightened after the miracle than before the miracle. That is what's amazing. They were almost more frightened after the miracle than before the miracle. They had seen a lot of storms come and go on this lake. This was different. Now, Jesus doesn't always calm our storms instantly. We wish he did. Sometimes he allows those storms to develop. But it wouldn't have been great if the men could have been at peace in the middle of the storm just because Jesus was there, because Jesus was in control. Can we be at peace without calm? Can we be at peace without calm? Jesus was. They could be too. Are you? Jesus rebukes these guys, and he asks them, where is your faith? Well, I lost it back a few waves ago, you know, He implies that the disciples ought not to have been terrified. They should have just trusted in him. And he says to us in our storms today, where is your faith? I had it a minute ago. I left it in the car. I left it at church last Sunday, whatever. No, where is your faith? God knows, God goes, God hears, God cares. And finally, God proves. God proves. Jesus proves he's God. Jesus proves he's in control. This person, Jesus, whom we're studying, proved himself to be both human and God. Jesus came to reveal who God was and acted to teach us who God was and bring us into relationship with his Father God. He demonstrated the humanity of Jesus. He slept. He demonstrated his deity by calming the storm. God, man, God who became one of us. And Luke included this account to tell us that. Now, the disciples' response was not to say, awesome, or How did he do that? Can you show me how to do that? They didn't even say what just happened or what is this. This was not a what question. 
This was a who question. Their response was, who is this? He commands the winds and water and they obey him. Who is this? This is the same Jesus that's alive today. We have the same power available to us today to calm the perfect storm. So what storm are you in today? Typically, we're in one of three places. We're in the middle of a storm, coming out of a storm, or getting ready to go into a storm. As we navigate, God knows, God goes, God hears, God cares, and God proves himself over and over and over and over again. Who is this? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for simple life lessons that are profound. And I thank you that Luke included this because we experience storms all the time. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, for those that are in the middle of a storm, that you would speak to their heart. And that as we ask, where is your faith, that they, Lord Jesus, would look to you and you'd say, I see that faith. And I pray that you'll build us up and encourage us today in faith, knowing that you care and you answer.